Yeah. This be a life, no gimmick. How's it going, guys? Welcome to the Triple S Podcast here for episode two. I'm joined by my good friend Deepak Sharma. My boy, man. Welcome to the podcast, Deepak. Thank How's you going, for having man? me, bro. I'm fantastic. It's great to be here, bro. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, going from an idea to like, yep. we're doing yep. it, bro. So for those of you who don't know, uh, Deepak was one of the instrumental people who kind of gave me the, the extra push to, to start this podcast. I was kind of on the fence. I had thought about it here and there, but I had never really jumped right into it and then being on your podcast if uh, for people that haven't seen we'll we'll link his podcast <laughs> there but uh, being on your podcast and just talking to you about it really gave me that extra push so I want to thank you and to all the fans they should be thanking you too well not that I have a lot of fans <laughs> yo you have here. tons of fans bro you have a lot of support and yeah. you don't need to thank me at all bro because I did nothing it's all you at the end of the you day you inspired me you t- you made the push and we talked about it I remember on the football field you hit me up and you're like, yo, bro, yeah. love that you're starting a podcast. Yeah. I've been wanting to do the same thing. Yeah. And that's something that me personally that fires me up because like podcasting is something where it's not like a competition. It's exactly. not like because you start one now, like I'm losing. Mm-hmm. We all win. I want everyone to start a podcast who yeah. wants to. Yeah. yeah. So I'm happy you actually took the plunge, man, because a lot Thank of people you. talk. A lot of people say they want to do this. They yeah. want to do that. They want to blah, blah, blah. But you did it, man. You did Thank it. And look, you got a pretty dope setup here. <laughs> Thank you. You got I the nice it. like microphone and everything. Doesn't come without hiccups. Like There's oh, always going to be little weird things. But That's yeah. one of the main things uh, I wanted to get into you with about. So as you know, obviously, you started your own podcast. And I'm just starting to learn, too, as I start my own podcast, the amount of technical difficulties. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this has to interface with that. And yep. This has to be compatible. How? Just kind of walk us through how much of a, of a struggle, but just, just kind of walk us through the, the process of, of starting up a podcast. Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, for me, like, the craziest thing was, like, I had no idea where to start. I just knew that I listened to a lot of podcasts, and I kind of just looked at what they had. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, Joe Rogan's got these big arm things, and, like, he's always telling people, move the mic up close to your uh, face. Yeah. I never really understood why he did that until... I started watching more YouTube videos and I was diving in like, okay, you need a microphone that's going to be pretty close to your face mm-hmm. if, you're, if you're not going with this route where it's going to capture all the noise, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, the first crazy thing that I had to figure out was like, okay, setup. That's a very important mm-hmm. thing. Like, I didn't think I'd be doing it in my apartment. Yeah. I was like, no, you know what? I could just do it anywhere. I can go to you. I can like... You know, I was so naive. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to do a podcast anywhere mm-hmm. with my phone or something. Like, it'll be so easy. Nah, bro. So oh. difficult. Like, uh, some people are telling me, buy this recorder thing. It's like this uh, Zoom handy recorder. Yep. I'm like, okay, I'll buy that. Uh, and then I did research and there's like 10 of them. Like, okay, which one do I choose? And then there's articles and mm-hmm. online, bro, there's like too much information. I was just like, tell me what I need to get started. Yeah. And so, as you know, there's a lot of returning things, <laughs> purchasing things yeah, that are Amazon incompatible. Amazon is familiar with us by now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But trial and error, man, like everything in life, like you just buy the things, you try it out, 
if it works, if it suits your purpose, like, mm-hmm. you just run with it. And yeah. I'm not saying I have the optimal setup. Like, I'm still a complete noob, bro. Like, don't yeah. act like I'm not a seasoned vet in yeah, this podcast yeah. game at all. <laughs> There's, like, lots of people I reached out to who I know who are into the audio game because... Yeah, for background, man, we're athletes. Yeah, for sure. Athletes first. Like, we were never really, like, into this. I don't know. I could speak for myself. I'm not sure about you. But, like, I was never crazy into this audio, video, like, editing. And it's a whole new world to me. So we had to teach ourselves. And YouTube's been a great resource. Mm -hmm. Literally anything, you can just be like, how to do this? What should I buy for this? Top 10 gear for this. Mm -hmm. And, bro, you're doing it. It's sick. Like, it's all you need, man. And you're, you were very, as I said earlier, instrumental to that. You kind of gave me pointers. Oh, you might want to buy this. And this is what I did. Mm-hmm. This kind of worked well with this. So, I'll, again, I appreciate you for that. So. Uh, no worries, bro. You're doing it. And, like, Thank I you. see you've got the lighting. Got the lighting I didn't yeah. even have that. Yo, when I started my first podcast, it's so embarrassing. Yeah. When I look at it now, it's dark as shit, though. bro. It's dark. Yeah. I can barely see myself. I used this little construction light on the ground. I'm like, this should be good, right? <laughs> I've seen them use that in plays and stuff, like a spotlight. Yeah. I'm like, this should be fine. Bro, worse like quality. I'm like so, but it's funny. Like I'm gonna look back yeah. at it. Like that's always been my first exactly. podcast. You know. Have you ever um, watched Joe Rogan's first ever episode? I did. That someone linked it to me and so, uh, for inspiration. Exactly. Like, so you know that it could go from the the ground to being. I would say that he probably has the biggest podcast. Uh, probably. I'm just kind of speaking uh, a guess here, but. If I had to guess, I'd say his podcast is probably uh, one of the biggest ones. Like he Definitely highest grossing. Yeah. No one's oh, making yeah. more money than Joe Rogan yeah. out of podcasting. And yeah, there are, sure. there might be some bigger ones, but they're kind of one-off. Like I know the podcast Serial. I don't know if you ever heard of it. No. It's like a true crime podcast. Actually, I have heard. Yeah, now yeah. that you say the true crime, I have heard of it. I, I listened to the first season of that, and I remember being hooked. Like I listened to the whole thing front to back. But that's so different, right? Because once you listen to that, it's done. It, okay. the, the story is like finished yeah, exactly. Joe Rogan he'll do three in a day like, exactly. sometimes you know what I'm saying yeah. so it's very different but yeah I like what you said there because like you start somewhere and obviously like we're not aiming to be Joe Rogan I don't know about you like I'm no. I'm doing we're aiming to be ourselves and just be do our own thing right yeah, exactly. but it's great to see a blueprint someone out there has done it and yeah. I listen to him a lot of work and like I, I can't anymore. I don't have time to listen no. to podcasts as much because now we're making one. Yeah, exactly. And you'll find that too. Like all your waking time goes towards producing. Yes. It's a lot sure, of work, bro. Sure. There's a lot of behind the scenes. Like it, it's fun though. Yo, yeah. We're just talking. We're just having a conversation. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So on that note, what would you say has been so far your biggest challenge in getting the podcast off the ground and releasing your episodes? Because it, it seems like now you're in a pretty good groove. You have, uh, what is it, 11 episodes out now or 12? 11 released, yeah. So, uh, like 14 recorded, but yeah, you know? like, yeah. So um, what's been the biggest challenge? Ooh, that's a great question, bro. Um, I'd say right now the biggest challenge is managing your time with everything going on. There's so many moving parts. You've got the editing of the podcast. As you know, you have to set, do a little bit of setup. Uh, it's not that much, but you have to do setup. You got to actually record the podcast. You got to do the editing. But my number one challenge has been social media. Mm. Social media requires so much time because that's how you grow your podcast. That's exactly. how you're going to grow the image. Like People want to see clips. People want a little sneak peek. And for that, you got to continue feeding them. Yeah. So chopping up those clips, that means you have to watch each podcast. 
So multiple times. Yeah, multiple times and stop and go and oh, let me cut it right here. Oh, let me take this little part out. Let me like, you know, add some text, some yeah. fancy this. Social media is a full-time job, man. It's like, you know, I'm using Instagram a lot and I'm trying to be better at Twitter and Facebook and these things, but it's that's the most challenging because you constantly got to be on. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a huge social media guy to begin with. I'm the type of guy to Snapchat his food. Like, yeah. I'm just so, like, I'll post an odd pic here and there, but now my mind has had to change completely towards social media. I use it so different. Now I'm like, everything can be a story. Yeah. The most mundane moment at a bus stop could be, yo, th- what do you guys think about this? Yeah, Trying to get engagement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly. a big thing, man, because you don't want to just be talking at people. In, the, in 2019, we're in an era where, like, engagement is number one no matter if you have 10 people listening to your podcast or a hundred thousand like you want to engage with them and the message stays the same Uh, so that's something i found very powerful is like when you're talking to one person versus a bunch of people which is what social media allows us to do you're still it's like you're talking to each of them people want that experience exactly exactly so social media has been the hardest because it takes so much time to chop these things up yeah one day yo i'd love to have someone do that for me the young young jamie (laughs) yeah i need me a young jamie bro (laughs) so for those who don't watch uh, the joe rogan podcast uh, the young jamie is pretty much uh joe rogan's right hand man he kind of works the camera exactly google searches things during podcasts like pull that shit up jamie yeah, exactly. he also says that. Exactly. i love that <laughs> like how nice would it be on your podcast if you're like, yeah. say when we were talking and there's something that we didn't know for sure and there was just a little guy in the back just kind of oh it was this and yeah then you, you continue your conversation but you know with even, actual facts even you know? at that scale they still have troubles like yeah. i don't know if you've heard about it like They'll be like, I don't know if we can play this because yeah, YouTube, YouTube might pull us. For sure. Or, you know, you can't play somebody's copyrighted music. So this is something I had like a little issue with. Um, it actually held me back from starting for a while because I had an idea for this song that I really, really liked that just fit my image of what I want people to hear when the podcast starts. What was the song? Uh, Stephen Marley, Bob Marley's son, okay. Hey Baby. Okay, I don't think I've heard it. It's so it's good. good. It's like yeah, it's so good. But like I, I love this track. It's not like a known song or anything, but it just fit what I wanted yeah. for the for the thing. And I'm like, I can't do this because if I do it, the first video I put up, I'm gonna be flagged by YouTube. Like you can't. That's I know there's ways to skirt around it. Like you could like Slow lower it. Down, it yeah. But I'm thinking so long term that like, what if? This actually does get big, and now I gotta pull off everything. Change a new song. People are used to that. Yeah. Song. yeah. So what I did is I actually reached out to my boy uh, Rustam. Uh, shout out Raw Rhythm. Uh, he actually uh, mixed the track for me, and nice. I got to like see behind the scenes. Like he made me like a twenty second clip. I like that song. Man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Your little intro song. Thanks, it's, bro. It's catchy. Yeah. yeah, I like yours and too, the video? bro. Uh, yeah, yeah, the little yeah. video, yeah, so like this, these kind of things, they delayed the process because I was mm-hmm. like ready to go full head of steam, like let's just start this thing, but then I'm like, nah, you know what, I should probably have an intro, and so I noticed you have a, a dope song at yeah. the beginning too. So actually on that song, yeah. uh, the song was made by one of my friends that I met uh, at Acadia University in Nova okay. Scotia named Jacob Kuvli, I'll put him in, uh, I'll put him in the, the, the link there, Yeah. but uh it was just kind of crazy tight. how it happened. Right around the time I was starting the podcast, I was just flipping through my notes on my phone, and uh, his songs aren't on Apple Music, so I had he had sent me some of his songs, and I had them in my notes. And I'm scrolling through, scrolling through, scrolling through, and then I see uh, one of his songs. I'm like, oh man, I remember that song. Okay. This is from like years ago. I think like 2016 or 2017. Okay. Clicked it, listened to it, 
and I was I think I was listening to it at work and uh, just kind of hit me on like man like I should use this at the beginning of the song it's an original song and uh, it won't get like flagged by anything and uh, so I asked him I sent him a message and he said man like I'd be honored so thank you Jacob Couvier for uh, or sure. Young Couve as he sure. goes oh, Young Couve man that's awesome thank bro that's a great much, story yeah. bro and it's a, it goes hard like yeah, yeah I don't know people who are listening to this right now they probably heard it at, at the beginning, beginning. Yeah. <laughs> and you'll hear it at the end yeah so I like that a yeah. lot man that's that's sick and but it's like one of those things right it's like such a mini hurdle no one thinks about it but just like, like 20 it's only 20 seconds right like, and then you're into their actual contents you don't think exactly about exactly man so who um i wanted to also ask you about your video so it's, it's pretty cool it shows yeah. you doing a couple things yeah uh working i think you're working out catching a football so who shot uh, the video for you because it's really well done it's, yeah it's, it's actually a guy named rohit i'm not sure if you know who he is at fuck row on instagram okay yeah i've seen i I didn't know what his name. Yeah, he actually does. A, he actually does a lot of music videos with for, MLB. Doesn't yeah, he? with okay, MLB. Yes, so yes, with yes. a lot of people that you know, and like he's obviously really good at what he does. He's and uh, I'll give him a quick shout out that like he's actually starting his own little uh, like film company now for that. Okay. I think it's called Neighborhood Films, right. which is appropriately named. Yeah. And uh, yeah, man, that was a great experience working with him because like I had a vision in my head for what I wanted. Uh, I I just thought it'd be cool to kind of like for people who don't know me at all and people who know me give them a little bit of like a some of the things that i'm about some of the things that i like like yeah, yeah catching the football like as we know football is a big part of our big lives part, um you know working out like these kinds of things and like the suit like i went to business school you mm -hmm. know writing notes I'm, I'm a little more intellectual than people think <laughs> so th those kinds of things but he really helped make the vision come to life because i had no idea how it's gonna look i was just like yo here's this idea it's a 20 second clip yeah and he made it happen he made it look hype synced it with the music it was a, it was a big vibe yeah so were you guys friends before or did you kind of did you guys kind of cross paths through like professional circles where yeah you man. Know, oh, this guy does videos i'm gonna hit him up Right, we've actually been friends for a while. Uh, we're not, we don't hang out every day, but like, uh, he's actually, you know, Rahul. He's one Yo, of, yeah. he's Rahul's cousin. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so I've known him for a very long time, and uh, yeah, no, so it just kind of came about where I was like, you know what, I could probably hit someone up who's like a professional, this, that, that, but this guy's already doing professional stuff. I'm gonna pay him for his services oh, for yeah. sure, uh, but I, I want a good product for this because yeah. this is kind of like my like splash into this and uh so i thought it was like important like i don't know that's kind of how i'm wired like if i'm doing something i'm going all in i'm not i don't want to put out something like a whack product For and sure. he was a guy that just popped in mind i'm like yeah you know what but it was a struggle a little bit because i was thinking like man should i just like get my brother with the, my uh, an iphone to just record me catching a football and like teach myself how to edit it's, it's a pride thing right yeah because at first you're like bro i'm gonna do this all on my own i don't need anyone's help anything but that's something i had to get over very quickly because you realize that actually you need a support system you need people around you who it's know things thing. a lot better than you mm -hmm. and you can leverage that and everyone wins like exactly and so it's a big thing for me is like helping people as well while i'm i'm doing this because it's like he's he's like doing it but he's not he hasn't blown up yet he will but yeah, he, he does very good work. he does really good work but it's like yo if i can support my boy and he can support mm -hmm. me it's a win-win it's like yeah. a dope relationship i like that nice so on the note of working with uh with people that you're you already know and you're kind of affiliated with 
just kind of speak to the having a professional relationship with someone who you've had kind of like a friend relationship with mm-hmm. and is it kind of weird to be talking more in business terms and like oh what's your rate and oh we, I'll meet you at this time mm-hmm. and we'll do the work then and you're kind of talking as if you would talk to someone you're you're contracting but it's someone you know yeah do you find it was like that or was it still kind of like where he's your friend and oh what's up man like well I'll, I'll be honest with you it was definitely very weird and uh, like there were even certain times where like I can and I can be completely honest about this I was like yo is it taking too long it's like a 25 second clip but it was like a span of a few weeks just he's a busy guy and yeah. I get it uh, and he was giving me a great like discount on this as well so obviously it wasn't like a uh, the highest priority but at the same time he works a full-time job he's doing like five or six music mm-hmm. videos and I'm just like bugging him to try to squeeze some time in but the shooting the video itself trying to schedule that that took a few weeks but the editing the editing we couldn't start without the song, right? Yeah. So I had to make the track yeah. before because it all has to sync up with everything. He did a great job, but I'm not going to tell you that it was just completely like hit up a boy and that afternoon we just get it done. Yeah. No, it, it took like three or four weeks and it was a lot of back and forth. And, you know, there were even certain times where it was just like, I was like a little frustrated, like, bro, like just get this done for me. Yeah. But then I learned a lot from that. It's like, okay, no. I'm not his only priority. He's doing a lot more than just like my little, you know, it, we're very self-absorbed when yeah. we think about like, yo, just get my shit done before anyone else's. But yeah, no, it, it was fine. It was cool. We're still like, we're still friends throughout the whole thing. But yeah, you have to separate business yeah. and, you know, personal exactly. at the same time. Because at the end of the day, it is a, it is a business. You're paying him for a service. Yeah. And- it's a it's a business business transaction. Exactly, man, and that's why I I do pay because if not, then you have you have no um, you you can't complain. No, exactly. You get what you pay for. You mentioned that before, right? Like when you're talking about some of the equipment, like yeah. it it applies to more than just tangible things like services. Like that's life you want, yeah, you want to get a proper lineup, a proper haircut or something. You could go to the mall and get that like fifteen dollar cut. But is it going to be the same quality? <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So I actually have a funny story on that note. I just kind of thought of it as soon as you said that. In my first year at Acadia, I um, was living in the dorms. And uh, I think it was around November. Mm-hmm. Now, I, you, I went to school at the end of August and for training camp for football. And from that time until I think it was like end of September maybe or beginning of October. Uh, from that time, I had not gotten any haircuts. It's a very small town in uh, Nova Scotia, about an hour from Halifax. Yeah. I don't have a car, and no one cuts hair. There's no barber shops, so my hair is hurting. Oh god! And then around campus, word kind of gets out that there's a guy in a nearby residence who cuts hair for five dollars. He cuts Ooh. black person hair. Ooh! And I'm like, okay, like five dollars. I'm a broke student. <laughs> I need a cut. Sign me up. <laughs> what, what? What's the worst that could happen? Yeah. And as we were saying, you get what you pay for. So I went and uh, the first red flag was that (laughs) as I showed up, he kind of didn't really address me too, too much. He was just like, hey, man, like, let's get in the bathroom. Let's give you the cut. And I'm like, bathroom. (laughs) Bathroom. Okay, so so we went in the bathroom. And this is a communal bathroom in a residence, right? So he leaves the door open. I'm sitting on a chair in the bathroom. And the amount of times someone would walk by and they're kind of going to turn into the bathroom to use it. And they see us and like, oh. Okay, and, keep walking. <laughs> and so he's cutting my hair the hair is falling on the ground and I'm just like oh my gosh my back is to the mirror 
So he finishes the cut maybe like 20 minutes later. Wait, why? Why would his back be to the mirror? I okay. Don't know. I, don't know. He, I think he had to be because the plug was behind oh, no, him on the okay. wall. So he, the plug's there. He's using the clipper, and then I'm where the mic is. He's oh cutting my, my hair. God. And so 20 minutes later, he finishes the cut, and uh, I turn around, I look in the mirror, and it was horrible. Uh, I asked for a fade. It was kind of like patchy, one level on the top. It was not faded at all. And uh, so I gave him my five dollars, and then from then on, I just grew my hair, waited till I got back to Ottawa, and got the cuts. Yeah, you definitely get what you pay for. No, that's for cool. sure, man. And that's a that's a real struggle. I experienced something similar when I was in Norway. Okay. Um, because when I like when I went there, you know, I, I, like up until then in high school, I always got my cut from like you know, the same guy at Mama C Barbershop. There you go. I would just go there, and he knew how to fade me up. He knew, you know, the weird things about everyone has weird things about their hair that only your barber exactly. knows how to make you look. It's a special relationship. Exactly, it's an important relationship. Very it's like, yeah, we don't speak about this enough. How like powerful that relationship is with your barber. You're out of town. You're like sweating a bit. You're like, bro, it's been like. It's been like two weeks, things are starting to get rough. Um, but anyways, I go to Norway and I was just like, bro, these guys definitely don't know how to fade me up. They don't know what an outline is. They don't know how to deal with this beard and like everything, you know. And um, I don't know if people don't know this, but like Norway is one of the most expensive countries in the really? world. So I'm walking around these like salon level kind of places and I'm like, well, I'm definitely not going to go there because it, it would be like, Oh man, I don't even know how to do the conversion right now, but I know it was around like 95 Canadian dollars for like a cut. For a haircut. A haircut. Because wow. they do, do it they separately. Use a gold set of no, but they're like, Jeez. yo, they do haircut would be like 55 and then beard another. Mm. But I was like, man, I wouldn't want just the whole package. Yeah. Here I'll pay like 20, 25 bucks. Like, what are exactly. you talking about? Yeah. Um, and I struggled, bro. I remember, and then finally, after like two months of just growing my hair out and looking nasty, <laughs> I like uh, went to this one spot where it's like brown dude, and I kind of just looked at him. He looked at me, <laughs> and we, I just knew like this is my guy. Yeah, I, before yeah. I even got the haircut, like, and it was reasonable. It was only like fifty bucks, there you know, go. for the whole thing. So it was like, bro, I, I was struggling, like, yeah. but it's an important relationship. Yeah, and I came back important. home, I was like. I missed you so much. Shout out Joe the Barber. Joe the Barber, yeah, shout him out. Yeah. yeah. So one of the other things I wanted to talk to you about uh, was back in your playing days. So this is the Smitty Sports Sound Off. So Absolutely. we kind of talked about the podcast. I want to kind of get into the sport. So yep. we played football together uh, and against each other actually before we played yep. together. at uh, You played at the Bengals. Yep. So just kind of walk me through your, your sporting career, where it all started, yeah, man. your favorite sports, stuff like that. I remember being in elementary school and uh, one of my good buddies, Trevor, um, he played Orleans Bengals football. And I remember he'd always like have the jersey and carrying pads and stuff like that. And I, I didn't know much about football. I, I played like, uh, I think the most experience I had was I played like in a touch uh, like a touch it might have been touch or flag I'm pretty sure it was touch in elementary school and I was really good like I was just really like mm -hmm. I was decent yeah. I was pretty fast and just this big brown kid just like I was like su plays. yeah surprisingly good at like touch football they recruited me I remember and like we went pretty far and I'm like you know what like I want to play football but my parents were not having it they're like what, what are you talking about football? and how old are you, were you at oh man I can't remember the exact age I must have been in grade I must have been in grade six or five okay. when I was playing like touch or whatever. And then I remember I, I was mosquito when I started. 
playing Bengals because okay. I enrolled that one season with my good, uh, really good friend Scott. We decided, yo, we're just gonna go play football, man. Let's go join Trevor, play Bengals, go to the training camp, and I think there was like a spring camp before. And I remember it was like you were still playing like touch kind of, but like learning fundamentals. Mm -hmm. I just fell in love with the sport. I just remember just like running around the heat and just being so out of shape. Like I was not, I was not in football shape by any means. And the coaches were really supportive, but like at the same time, they'd kick your ass. Yeah. And they were, we're going to do conditioning. We're going to run laps. We're going to do drills. Uh, you're going to hit bags. I remember hitting bags and loving it. It was like, oh, this is kind of fun. Like, you yeah. can hit it as hard as you want. Like, exactly. you sure? Like, I, I'm not going to get in trouble? Yeah, exactly. And so uh, I played um, uh, Mosquito Madness was my first, like, real experience playing, like, contact, Madness. like, football. And I remember I didn't even have the socks yet. <laughs> I, like, didn't know how to put the knee pads. And I was a mess. Yeah. But I was this big, big brown dude, and they stuck me on uh, D-line. And I remember, like, one of my first plays, I got a sack. And I was just like, this is fun. That felt mm -hmm. really good. Like, everyone on their team's really pissed. And everyone on my team's giving me glory yeah. and Tapping hype. Yeah, yeah, just like, ah, let's go. Firing <laughs> you up. You love that feeling, right? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, the rest is history. Like, I played Bengals for, like, uh, all the way through Bantam. I, I played almost every year. Mm -hmm. and uh, But I was riddled with injuries because I... I played throughout high school as well, and I played like dual. Like I played, I went to high school like Sir Wilfred Laurier. Shout out to Sir Will. Uh, that's where we both played together. Mm -hmm. And I remember I would play at Sir Will, practice there at, right after school, and then go change to, to to my Bengals. I'd still use my like Sir Will pads and everything, and then just go straight to yeah. uh, Bengals practice and or yeah Bengals practice and like. That was probably like the fittest I've ever been in my life, just by default. Mm -hmm. Like I, I wasn't eating good. I, I'd eat a whole pizza before a game or something like that. But you're just because you're just on the working go, on out the go, on the so much, so much, and then you got a game, and then you got another game. It was fun times, man. I, I like I miss those days for sure. Yeah. So what do you think of, kind of on that note? So you talked about playing in a Sir Will practice, and then mm -hmm. right after going straight to a an Orleans Bengals practice. I have had the same experiences where I had a Sirwell practice and then we had Cumberland Panthers practice yep. literally probably 45 minutes later. And either my mom or my buddy Jackson's mom or Mitchell Newman's mom would pick us up. They'd have like a sandwich for each of us in the car, eat really quick, get out of the car, throw on our new pads for the new team and we practice. So what do you think about the shift in youth football today where they're not allowed to play for a high school team and a club team. Mm -hmm. So you have to kind of pick one or the other. So are you for that in terms of like head safety or are you kind of against against the move to... I haven't given it too much thought because honestly, I didn't know that that was a rule until <laughs> just right now. But if you're, like, if you're just asking me for my opinion on that, I would say it's probably for the better um, because... I actually do think that that's too much on a growing body, especially th that time. It's a very important time for growth and development for your body. So um, I was, like I mentioned, injured a lot. And I think the amount of hits and stuff that I was sustaining in practice, because mm -hmm. they didn't limit like hits and stuff in practice like back then. I'm, I'm talking like it was a long time ago, but... Times oh, have changed very quickly. Yeah. That's the thing. So, but back then it was just like, full contact practice and then maybe half contact practice right after each other mm -hmm. but then always like the incentive 
at the end of some of these like Bengals practices and stuff would be like we're gonna do some crazy like Oklahoma drill or some crazy which like which is now banned. Really? Oklahoma is uh, is a banned. Drill. That was the yeah. most fun shit ever. That would get you through all the boring stuff that you'd have to yeah. stand around do scrimmage this that blah 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 practice. Think and about the, the repetitive hits to the in so Oklahoma. Bad yeah. Sorry, so bad for you. Sorry, so keep going. No, no, but like. Uh, I think it's actually probably for the better that you stick to one mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to playing both. But what that did for my character and what that did for like me becoming a man, it taught me a lot because I still got really good grades and I still was very school focused and I had to learn so much about time management mm-hmm. about it's like, key. bro, like you had no time. I, imagine getting home at like eight o'clock, eating dinner. Now you got to do your homework. Now you're just gassed and, and you got to do it all again. Then like, not every day. I think you have practiced three times a week for. Yeah. But for Sir Will, we practiced almost every day. Almost every day, we had to. We had like twenty Usually guys on the fucking team. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> like we had to, bro. Exactly. But uh, no, I actually do think that it's probably better not to play as much because the more you can limit these contact. I don't know how I feel about it though, man. Because the contacts, the the sport. Exactly. So taking that away is like so now you're no longer playing the sport. And what do you do in the game? You hit. You hit. So then why are we... I don't know. I think some of these measures are pretty like short-term band-aid solutions. Yeah. There's no... There's definitely no solution solution yet. Exactly. So I don't know what football is going to be like in like 20 years, bro. Yeah. I think we're heading towards more of like a flag. More of like a, a thud contact kind of... Yeah. Like you're not going to have... Those crazy hits we grew up watching on YouTube, these compilations of people just like like taking a guy up, and yeah. slamming him down. You That's can't not, suplex anymore. You can't That's do that anymore. That shit was the most flag. fun thing you could do, man. <laughs> like, you, yeah. Anyways, it, it's changing. It's yeah. changing a lot. Another thing, um, another kind of downside of splitting it so you can only play high school or only play club football. Uh, so I'm experiencing it firsthand as a coach for the uh, Junior Orleans Raftsman. Now that the rule has been set that you can only play for one team, the thing is, players that would have been on both teams, they have to pick, which reduces the roster size for both teams. Mm. So we'll have a practice and we'll have 18 players on. Damn. So for those of you who aren't too, too familiar with the sport of football, there's 12 players on offense and 12 players on defense on at a time. In Canadian football. In, Can- yeah, exactly. yeah. In American, it'd be 11 and 11. Yeah. So 18 players at a practice, you can't even, you're, that's not enough for both sides of the ball. Yeah. And at most practices, I'll have three three of those guys are quarterbacks. My yeah. three quarterbacks are usually at every practice. You might have one guy as a kicker. You might yeah. have two who are injured. Exactly. Like, yeah. yeah. So it's 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 definitely tough. That's just one of the other downsides that I personally noticed yeah. in, in the football community. Yeah, that's so. interesting, man. Because then how do you go about it? Then how do you run a full practice? It's tough. We have to be creative. We have to be very creative. Uh, on my team that I coach, I have one offensive lineman. What? One. The rest of my starting offensive line is my defensive line. So my four, I I think it's my four starting defensive line will stay on. And then my center is my one offensive lineman guy. And so the defensive line just stays on. So you can almost make the case that, yeah, you you play more football if you were to be on both teams. But do you really? Because now that you're on these two separate teams, you can only play on one. Yeah. These players that are only on one, they don't come off the field. And then how is that better for your health yeah. if you're just on the field the whole time? Exactly. And so me speaking firsthand and Sir Will, like some of the years where I was not as injured, but I was yeah. pretty injured. 
but when I just suck it up and play, I play tight end, mm -hmm. I play linebacker, linebacker and specials. long snapper, mm -hmm. and on kickoff, like we didn't pretty really much never off the field. Yeah. And looking back on that now, probably the worst thing I could have possibly done. Yeah. At the time, I'm like, bro, you'll be killing it, bro. Yeah, it's yeah, sick. Yeah. Like, yeah, bro. Doing your thing. I'm doing my thing. Like, yeah, I'm gassed, but yo, I'm having fun. I love playing on offense. There's nothing like catching the ball for like 20 yards, but then I love playing defense. That's where my heart's at. Mm -hmm. Fucking someone up, coming right up the middle, <laughs> running at me. You know, I, there's not a running back that's going to run like straight through no. me. So, you know, like it was interesting times in high school because we just had to make do with it. And I remember these sparse practices in like late October, November, where it was like it was cold and mm -hmm. there'd be like, 16 guys like standing mm -hmm. around you're doing these like bunk ass little drills and it's just like bro this is whack like i wish we had a squad squad yeah like so i look down in the states some of these places obviously i can't speak for the whole country but some of these like football high schools especially in texas texas Cali. Yeah, yeah these kinds of places they have so many players that like the 53 man roster or whatever number it is that they have in high school they have like a whole nother team that's like waiting to play yeah. in high school. Mm -hmm. Their high school like Friday night football games are like sold out. They're like CFL games. They're like Literally. weak CFL games. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like in terms of like crowd and like uh, buy-in. Like I don't know. To speak to that a little bit, like I just experienced my first college football game down okay. in the state. Who'd you see? Uh, Michigan. Okay. So I was in the big the house. Biggest stadium in all of football, isn't it? It's yeah. bigger than any NFL Biggest stadium. stadium in America. Which is crazy. I, I check my fact on that. I'm no, pretty I'm sure it's sure. the biggest yeah. stadium in America and maybe North America because I think it fits like 125,000. And like it doesn't actually fit. I think their actual capacity is like 115. But okay. they, they, they force another. And at the game I was at, it was like 112,000 people in the stadium, bro. And like, Did you sit in the student section? Yeah, bro. So if you don't mind, I'll tell you the story okay, about yeah. that a little bit. Yeah. 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 So like um, my buddy Mike, shout out to Mike, uh, who I met on exchange. Uh, I went down to Chicago and see him and uh, my boy Yefkin from Germany. He came down to see us as well. And uh, so we were in Chicago for a day and we planned to drive up to Ann Arbor, Michigan mm -hmm. and uh, stay with his buddy's parents. And I got to show you this photo after of, okay. or this video of their garage uh, you think you're like a diehard sports fan you haven't seen this guy's garage bro this this guy kept every single ticket of every sports game he's ever been in his the life ticket. every ticket like the wow. physical okay. ticket and imagine the walls of your garage right now every wall was plastered in like i i couldn't count how many tickets i couldn't tickets even all tickets yeah tickets and memorabilia and like all kinds That's of like stuff. thousands big michigan fan wow. patriots fan all this stuff right <laughs> shout out to the pads we'll, baby we'll, we'll get to that we'll get to that <laughs> no but anyways like he had this big uh, uh tailgate rig they have their own tailgate uh, these people and bro it was just such an atmosphere like without like dragging the story yeah, on too far okay. like I got to experience the whole entire like college football vibe and it was a home opening game Ooh. so all these big frat parties we were sneaking into these places <laughs> getting kicked out almost getting into fights with random wow. people like it was just nuts and uh, just experiencing that whole vibe going to this tailgate just like real like American football I, and I was mind blown at like the spirit everyone 
It doesn't matter if you watch football. It doesn't matter if you go to Michigan. Everyone's rocking the gear. Mm -hmm. Every single person you're walking down the street, they're like, go blue, go blue, baby. Like, yeah, yeah. fuck, go blue. Like, you know, <laughs> I was a Michigan fan this week, bro. Yeah. And so walking... Finally, we get into. He hooked it up, so we get tickets in the student section. Okay. And I didn't have an ID, so we're looking for a brown dude who has like an ID who could <laughs> finesse me in, and it didn't work out. But like, I just kind of just wiggled my way in. There I just showed a guy my ticket, got in. It was so hype. Nice. And uh, we get into the stadium, and I was mind blown. I never seen something like this in my entire life, bro. We walked up to like the very front, where like at the sixth row from the corner of the field, the whole band. All like fucking three hundred of these band members are right there's beside. Three hundred people in the band. Yeah, there's like two hundred sixty, and then they have subs. There's a whole team, bro. The band. Did you just say there's subs for the band? Yeah, I saw extras. I saw like wow. people in the back, like who are just like almost cheerleaders, but on the band. Wow. So the band has their own cheerleaders. That's bro. Crazy. The band blew my mind more than anything about this whole experience. They created the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. They made the hype. I've never seen so many like drummers and, and like the conductors like at, at every hype play he's like like go like yeah like, he's or literally orchestrating exactly the atmosphere, yeah. and so we're in the student section and what was crazy to me is we're standing up the whole time four hours you're standing up on these bleachers there's wow. not seats they're like bleachers okay. you're just standing up on these bleachers for four hours going nuts all kinds of chants crazy vibe the game was fun too but I don't think it's about the game. It's More about like this vibe, this culture, this experience. Yeah. They had like F-16s or something flying over. Like, bro, they make a... This is college football, bro. This is not the pros yet. Yeah. Loved it. Wow. But yeah, sorry. No, I, no, no, I, I don't want to derail you, but we're like... We're here to talk about sports. <laughs> yeah, we're talking bro. about sports. Bro, so Michigan was means. a vibe, bro. I loved it, man. Like, I, was, I would go back in a heartbeat. Nice. So did you, did you uh, see any kind of treatment of, of people that were... So who did they play against? Middle Tennessee State or some shit. So did know. you see any Middle Tennessee State fans? I did see And if see you did, what was the treatment to them? Kind of like, was it more kind of playful or was it like you're in hostile territory? I don't think it was negative, but I was in the student section of Michigan. So it was Fair like 99% Michigan fans and like one dude wearing a Middle Tennessee t-shirt just to be a... Maybe he didn't even go there. Like, I think a lot of it is like some people are contrarians and they want to make a statement mm -hmm. Uh, against even their own school like fuck mm -hmm. football or some weird sh I don't know some yeah. people have a weird mentality towards things so I don't know didn't see too many of them never even knew it was a school until that day middle tennis <laughs> like what yeah. but uh, hey they, they held their own they actually played pretty well in the first half and like uh, uh, but then it got away from them and yeah. Michigan was very run first like very old school style football like honestly like not the most exciting football to watch like it wasn't a high-flying crazy passing 48 point game yeah. like whatever it was like we're gonna run up the middle run pass option for a slant just crazy just like just seeing like how they started out the season we're just feeling this team out like they don't want to put too much on film either they don't want to show too much yeah. they don't want to like put their best athletes in a position where they could get injured That's it's true. a long season mm -hmm. so it, it was like i saw that like knowing football playing football i was like oh okay they're kind of keeping some of the best shit in their back pocket exactly. but they still went hard man it was fun yeah 
So who would you say is your, do you follow college football heavy? Like, would you say you have a team in college football? Yeah, I wouldn't. I, I, I watch college football, watch the occasional game, but just for the hype, just for the fun. I, there's too many games. I can't follow all of college football. There's just too many teams. There's too there's much. I used to like Ohio State a lot. Yeah, that's my squad. There yeah, you so, you know, being at Michigan State, like a Michigan game, if I said that, like they'd probably like freak out. If I wore an yeah. Ohio State hoodie, then I think it'd be beef. Yeah. Because they hate, like that's a real rivalry. Because can't beat them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, a, it's a real rivalry, yeah, right? Uh, I used to like Oregon a lot. I really like their style of offense. High flying, just like... Uh, this guy DeAnthony Thomas, I don't know yeah. if you know, bro. I used oh, yeah. to love watching the Black Mamba. Mm -hmm. Like I know, I know Kobe's the Black Mamba, yeah. but this guy was the college football Black Mamba, fastest player I've ever seen ever. I mean, I didn't see him, but watching him play while I was in high school, love that. I like USC. I like I like a lot of these colleges. I'd love to go to all these games. I'm not a true fan though. I don't have one school that I'm really like die hard. That's fair this enough. is this is my university. I just want to rock all their gear yeah, and just yeah, be yeah. part of their vibe. <laughs> one of the funniest things I find. Uh, so you mentioned Oregon, and uh, one of my good friends Noah Halfkenny. He likes to. Uh, oh, he yeah. has a state, and you know Noah too. We yeah. went to high school together. But uh, he has a, a little joke that he tells. We had a coach once that was a huge Oregon fan. He went to play to Oregon. Uh, shout out to Coach Warren Steves. Yeah, remember uh, Warren. Love that go. guy. He's decked out in gear. Loves all Oregon. The time. Yeah. And he would always uh, tell Coach Warren, he'd say, Wow, like, you guys have 3,000 jersey combinations and zero national titles. <laughs> he'd always say that. And uh, so Coach Warren funny. can't really say much back because. It's Unfortunately, facts. it's the truth. They yeah. put a lot of energy into those jerseys mm -hmm. and, and always looking fly. But but man, let's talk. Let's right? talk about that for a second, though, man. Because sure. like, okay, the way it's set up in the states, they got all these conferences and then they got all these bowl games, mm -hmm. and you can't lose a game. No, what? You almost cannot lose a game. You, you gotta almost... be Alabama if you're gonna lose a game, pretty much. Exactly. You're you're pretty much not gonna have a shot at the national championship if you lose a game. How crazy is that? You pretty much are preaching a perfection. But how else are you going to do it? I don't have a better way. But, like, I don't know. I just find that a little ridiculous. Like, how many games did we lose in, in, in high school and still had a chance to go to the playoffs? Or I mean, not high school, but, like, even in, in, in CIS here. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, you could still lose a game and kind of, you know, exactly. rally and, and play really well. Mm -hmm. But I don't know, man. It's just like... States, they just take everything so to the extreme. Bama, LSU, like, these guys, do you ever see them losing a game? Not really. When they do, it's a big deal. Yeah, it's a big deal. Like, and, like, they're, they want to fire Nick Saban. They want, like, what? Like, they want to, like, get rid of, like, just ax the whole, like, the Pope program, coaching staff, the everyone. Like, like, bro, they lost a game. Maybe by a point. A missed field goal or something like that. Like yeah. football is such a like I hate to it's so cliche, such a game of inches, right? And it's so strategic and so much chess that like I don't know, man. It's just so crazy that like so much can go right all game and you could still lose on on the on someone's kick or you could kick an onside kick and someone could not recover and someone the other team could still win. It's so much, yeah. so much goes into it. So much momentum and you know as a coach. You probably coached some crazy games where it's just like, yo, man, like, we prepared. We did everything we could. We controlled this whole game. And then something happens. One one play, one missed tackle. Yeah, big lose. time. Big time. Uh, kind of on the note of, of uh, the college football and the 
declaring a championship and making it in a way that it's more more encompassing and like that it would be more reflective of who the best team really is. One thing that I've heard mentioned that I've been very like, I think it's a great idea is to expand the college football playoff. Mm. When they didn't have a college football playoff and it was just whoever's one plays whoever's two, that's the national championship. I wasn't a big fan of that because as you said, sometimes you might have one loss and you could end up not being in the college football playoff, even though you might have been the best team. So they expanded it, now it's four teams. So one plays four, mm. the second rank plays the third rank, yeah. and then the two winners of that will play in the national championship. I think uh, they is that more six. games then? Are you uh, increasing the number of games? I don't think so. If anything, okay. it might be by one. Because okay. those two, like when one plays four, I think it's the Cotton Bowl, and then when two plays three, I think it's the Orange Bowl or the Sugar Bowl. Okay. I think it's the Sugar Bowl. And then the final is obviously the BCS National Championship. And I think because those two goals already that existed. No, what are I they called I think they now? changed the name. I forgot the name. College but Football the Championship yeah, yeah. or something like CF, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I called that and someone corrected me hard the other day. I was like, all right, I'm sorry, man. But I think they should expand that playoff <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. to be maybe eight teams. Okay. Within a top eight. And you're just going to see more exciting games. Yeah. Imagine if the eighth-ranked team, yeah, like Appalachian say, State, comes out of nowhere. Just I, don't think <laughs> I don't think they'd be eight. You know, I'm just saying like, randomly. Yeah, yeah. Let's say a team like maybe Notre Dame is ranked eight, mm. and they play Alabama in the first round of that eight-team college football playoff, and they win. Like, how exciting would that be for That'd fans? Be nuts. And then you could go back to all those previous years and be like, well, I wonder how many of those teams in the top eight or even the top four maybe could have won one of those national championships, but no, it was just one against two yeah. or the top four. Yeah. Right? So I think they should definitely expand that, uh, create better football, or maybe not better football, but be more reflective. I just don't know how you would do one. that with having the same amount of games, which yeah. is the only issue because with, with, the, with the college, you, know, you only have that many weeks of school yeah. to begin with unless i don't know maybe you start earlier but it's hard on the That's bodies one, yeah, exactly it's hard exactly. on the bodies and i don't know man it's it's interesting I how do you how do you feel it. about uh sorry to like flip no, no, this no, on no. you it's all good. uh how do you feel about like uh college uh athletes just collegiate sports and not being paid or not being able to accept any money for their putting <laughs> on what is to me more of a, a better product than some national uh yeah so I think that's ludicrous. The fact that the NCAA is making copious amounts of money, copious amounts of money, the amount they sell in merchandise, TV rights, ticket sales, it's, it's ridiculous how much money they bring in. I wish I had like a number, but I'm sure it's, uh, it's, I've heard someone say the number before and I can't rhyme it off right now, but they make an, a crazy amount of money. Not to mention how much the coaches and coaching staff make. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And people will say, oh, well, they get their education free. Not all of them. Mm-hmm. Not all of them. Yeah. There's, there's a good amount in, in, in football that will get full-ride scholarships yeah. if you're at one of the big schools. Mm-hmm. But if you're in kind of like a lower-level program or if you might not be the best player on your team, some players are, that are walk-ons, they don't get any money, right? You might get a scholarship later if you play well. But there's some pe- people on some of the best teams that might not be getting any money. Mm-hmm. Some of them are getting a lot of money. But to me, I think that... Them, they're putting on the show. They're on the field every day. They're putting their bodies on the line. They should, I think, be compensated maybe a little bit. It doesn't have to be a crazy amount. Yeah. But the the thing I see kind of like as an issue to that, though, is they're still considered amateurs, right? As yeah. soon as you pay someone, they're considered a professional. professional. 
So it's a bit of a, a slippery slope to kind of yeah. to go down, but I think it's equally slippery right now with the NCAA just kind of keeping all the money. Yeah. It seems it seems very shady, a little bit greasy to me. Too. Yeah. It just doesn't throws me the wrong way. And and the football program, because you mentioned the football program, right? Is is a little different. And like, yo, they pay for a lot of the other programs to just be around. Like exactly. lacrosse might not be a sport, field hockey or like rowing. All these other collegiate sports are kind of like propped up by football so i don't know it's complicated well yeah. i don't have the answer i yeah. just wanted to I hear your I thoughts no, no, that's sure. that's interesting man yeah. i don't know if they should be paid but i definitely think they should be allowed to be their own business yeah exactly. so maybe i'm not uh being paid a salary from the ncaa but i can become my own brand so me trent richardson i don't know i'm just pulling up a yeah. random player uh i'm starting like my i'm i'm getting a cut of my jersey sales i think that's a one that should definitely be a thing i'm getting like you know i can sell my own merch mm-hmm. and get autographs i remember i think it was like lebron james or someone who got in trouble for getting a hummer someone gifted him a hummer when he was in high school or something yeah. he got in shit for it. it's like bro it's like you're gonna say you no want me to say no to this <laughs> yeah. fucking hummer but like i don't know we gotta kind of structure it so that hey if i'm this big baller athlete I should be able to take control of my brand mm-hmm. going into the NFL. Because then, don't you, here's another topic. It's like, don't you hear about all these athletes going to the NFL, making, getting a million, millions of dollars, big contract, and then pissing it all away mm-hmm. because they have poor financial exactly. management. How exactly. can you go from living in a dorm room, eating ramen noodles to making these $20 million guaranteed money, something like that. And not knowing what to do with it. Then you get injured. Now you piss the money away on chains and mm-hmm. Bentleys and like yeah. fun fun stuff that you're gonna wanna you wanna enjoy life a bit, right? You wanna ball out. You wanna buy your mama mansion, you know? Exactly. You wanna you wanna do all these things. But then maybe if they had learned more financial management, you know, from college and you know, becoming their own brand and business. I don't know, it might help. It yeah. might be a thing. And not everyone has to do it. Let's say you're the walk-on and you're like, yo, I'm, I don't want to start my brand. I just want to play football and I just want... All power to you. It's going to stay the same for you. Yeah. That might be the easiest way to start something. I don't know. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. So, kind of let's rewind a little bit and bring it back to our playing days. So yep. We mentioned, we kind of grazed over though your injuries. So mm-hmm. Just kind of explain what happened with your injury. And yeah. So, uh, yeah, one of the biggest injuries that really impacted me was my shoulder. I've dislocated my shoulder so many times that I cannot count. Uh, I remember the first one, the first major one, we were playing against Glebe. And it was uh, it was at their field in, in the Glebe, whatever. And Glebe, for people who don't know, is just a uh, an area in Ottawa, Ontario. And, uh, they have a high school. And I think I was in grade 10. I believe it was grade 10. And it was a punt, so I had just long snap for a punt. And my big thing was, it was like a little thing in my head. It's like, I'm going to snap this ball and as quick as I can, spring up to go make this tackle. I want to be the guy to make the tackle, this punt returner. Mm-hmm. This thing I wanted to do. Uh, and I usually did. And like uh, this time, the guy made a sick cut and, and I missed. I, I, like I went in full steam. I thought I was going to kill him. He just made one quick move and now he was outside of my... Uh, what would you call it like radius square I'm not no longer square to him and he's outside me but my ego was like I'm not letting this go 
so I grabbed onto his um, his shoulder pad and, and got a little bit of his jersey. And I think he did a spin move mm. or something while I was grasping it, and my shoulder popped right out of the socket. And like without going into graphic detail about that, this is the most excruciating pain I've ever felt in my life. And I'm on the ground like I've never felt this before. My shoulder is physically out of the socket. And uh, I remember Coach Kakonin, shout out Coach Kakonin, our head coach uh, throughout high school. He came up to me, he's like, you all right? Like, blah, blah, I'm like, no, I'm not fucking all right, man. Like, I, being like, I was like, I was upset. I was like, this sucks. Like, this is my, it's out. I, mm-hmm. And it was still out. So someone had to take it and carry me off to the sideline and eventually like move my shoulder and pop it back in. I remember... Feeling good is not the word for it, but the most relief I've ever felt mm-hmm. in being back in and me just being, uh, dog. Two weeks later, I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm good to go. Yeah, I was right back at it because yo, it's, when you're young and stupid, and it's just a light little injury. It's just a weird anomaly. It's not gonna happen again. What I should have done is taken like the rest of the season off, healed the shoulder, just you know, heal it up completely, do my rehab, this and that. I went to the doctor, they said, I set up, you should be fine, don't play. I obviously played. And like, it's silliness, man, because the ligaments, like the way your shoulder socket works, it's like your ligaments or tendons, I don't know which one it is, I'm not, a, yeah. <laughs> I'm not the guy that, but like the way the doctor explained it to me is like, it sits in like this for most people, but mm-hmm. once you injure it, it gets loose. So now it's kind of sitting loosely. So it's more susceptible to being re-injured. Again. So I re-injured it again the same season. And now I'm like, fuck. And same then, shoulder? Same shoulder. Okay. And then I injured the other shoulder. And I was like, fuck. I felt like I was weak. Like I must have weak shoulders or something. So I should just tape it up, suck it up, and just play. And so I did. I played. Like I was like, I'll be fine. This was probably the worst thing I could have done. And so I think in grade 11, I decided not to play. Uh, I made the decision, I'm just going to take my time and just heal up. But I couldn't stay away from the sport of football. I had to play. I, it was an addiction. It was legit like, you understand. Like, oh, yeah. you can't be away from the sport. You did. You dealt with a major injury yourself. And you're still involved with football to this day. So I decided in grade 11 to just play long snapper. Okay. So I literally, I remember playing around these dogs, like great, great players. I think we won the tier two championship that year. And I literally went on the field as the long snapper the whole season. It broke my damn heart because I wanted to go fuck this guy up. Coach would be like, Defense, just, offense, yeah. just snap the ball. And you're really good at that. You can still do that. That never bothered my shoulder. And so, yeah, I, I still played. And uh, then in grade 12, I felt like I was good enough to uh, play again, but never good enough to play injury, uh, play defense, because both my shoulders were mangled. Yeah, and defense, you're going in with your shoulders. To Absolutely, I remember in practice, like me, like trying to come back, and like just doing a drill, and it popping out, and me not telling anybody, because I was just like, oh man, I don't want them to think I'm some kind of like damaged good, some kind of pussy, mm-hmm. and so I would just like be on the sidelines, like fuck, this hurts so much, but like, and then I decided to play tight end. so this is my solution to the problem is like instead of quitting football completely like no I'm just going to play a position where I'm not going to pop my shoulder out and so played grade 12 we won the championship again and had a few dubs Uh, it was it was fun man it was I liked tight end a lot it was fun but I'll never get that feeling of 
hating someone, you know? Like, yeah. And so ever since, my shoulders have popped a million times doing other things. Popped recently in our flag football championship game. There you go, yeah. yeah. So it, it still pops sometimes. That's rare. I got surgery on it to repair it after that season. Okay. Yeah, I actually had a surgery. It was for a torn labrum. So that's the mm. official name of the injury. Yeah. And so it wasn't a rotator cuff. It was the labrum, so the actual ligament. Yeah. And the that's surgeon the, did The yeah. ligament that's actually on the surface that interfaces with yeah it. exactly you see you know more yeah. than i do I just remember, degree. there you go the, the, <laughs> forget a lot of it but the surgeon the surgeon was just like yeah man like uh he played football too i remember the surgeon he was telling me like hey man you can't play football again i was like yeah yeah, yeah okay <laughs> you know yeah. and uh, but i never played contact again i wanted to play uni ball so bad but it would have been really stupid for me to do that yeah. so kind of just close that chapter and just played flag ever since. There yeah. you go. And it's been good. That was the only time it ever popped again on the right side. Okay. That's yeah. Good. So you kind of mentioned at one point that uh, when you your shoulder popped out in your return and you didn't tell anyone because mm-hmm. you thought maybe that you would be labeled, uh, yeah. as you so delicately put it, uh, as a pussy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it is a pretty serious injury. I'm sure no one would have said that. But what do you think kind of contributes to... Because you're not the only one who thinks that way. There's a lot of people, if you watch Last Chance U this past season, the, yeah. the stud receiver, uh, blanking on his name. Uh, oh, I know who you're talking about. Some sort fast. of deist. Oh, oh man. I'll, I'll think of it later. But So the stud receiver, he was having a bunch of hits to his head. Because he plays like kind of like uh, Jarvis Landry plays. He plays like a dog. Yeah. You know, he, he goes in head first. He's going to fight for extra yards. And he would kind of... He got a few concussions. Marquise King. Marquise King. There it is. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. So he was in, in kind of the same boat where he was telling the trainers in one breath, yeah, yeah, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. I'm like, I don't have a headache. I'm fine. I'll go back in. And then before going back in, he'd go and he'd be talking to a teammate. The cameras are still rolling, though. And he would say, man, I'm not going to lie. Like, my head hurt. Like, yeah. my head really hurts. Like, I'm dizzy. And then the scariest thing watching that is he goes back in the game. So. But what do you think, sorry, that's a long way to ask this question. No, no. But, so what do you think kind of goes into this football-wide and sports-wide mentality that even if I'm hurt, I still have to play? What do you like, What do you think contributes to that? I think it goes even deeper than football. I think it goes into how we're conditioned as men from mm-hmm. a young age For sure. not to show our emotions and our vulnerabilities. Um, just, you know, we're always taught to suck it up. We're always taught toughen up. Don't don't show that you're hurt, that you're weak, that you're any less of a man than the, the man next to you. And I think that's a contributing factor. And I also think when you play the sport of football, there's this level of camaraderie uh, between you and your brothers. These are, I don't know if you know, but football, I think, was something to do created for people who were coming back from war. I didn't know that. I, I, I think cool. I, I think it was something um, they they needed something to do when they were not at war. So, you know. Check my facts on that. Okay. It's something to do with that. But this was a replacement. It's like going to war with your brothers. These are soldiers who are... It, it's obviously not that serious and the repercussions yeah. are not like that crazy. But you build this... Every team you've been on from the beginning to the end of the year, you become so much closer and you kind of like... You want to play for the guy next to you. Yeah. And you want to... I, you know, I'm not going to say like I'm some crazy leader or anything, but you want to be the leader. You want to be the captain. You want to tell people, you can trust me to play. And so when you're injured, it kind of takes that away from you. You're, you're kind of just like, like 
no one ever uh, like tells you, yo, you're a fucking pussy, bro. But I'm not going to say that anyone even looks it down at you. But you feel just being like you're an insecure hol- it, yeah. high school kid. You're like, bro, I'm letting everyone down. They're looking down on me. I'm damaged goods. I'm just not up to the challenge. But that's And Tyrone was actually telling me that like that's the opposite mentality. Like It shouldn't be how you... Look yeah. at it at all. Football's so fucked up. You're gonna get hurt. You're gonna get damaged. And yeah. like, it's about how you persevere from that. So, if I had any message for like anyone young listening to this who ex- is experiencing an injury or has experienced an injury, it's not you. It has nothing to do with you. It's the sport, and uh, always take a bit more time to recover than you you think yeah. you need. On that note, there is, though, a difference between hurt and injury. Mm-hmm. And as Joe Rogan put it very well one time, I <laughs> uh, can't remember who he was talking to, but he said, it's, it's, which it is, it's damaging to have that kind of narrative for men where we have to hide our emotions, we are not supposed to, to cry, and we're not supposed to be, uh, we're not supposed to show when we're hurt. Mm-hmm. That is damaging. But, so what Joe Rogan was saying is that, that's true, but then some people are also just pussies. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes <laughs> it's true. <laughs> sometimes you're hurt. Yeah. And you can go. Yeah. But sometimes you're injured. There is a difference. I'm sure you've big, heard coaches say that. Big difference, yeah. man. Oh, I have no sympathy for a guy who's got like a bruised like elbow or something, and he's yeah. just like, oh, I can't play for half the season, like, bro. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, I don't know what if his elbows. Are? I don't, you don't know. Bad, you, know? you don't know. It's but tough. like at the same time. It's, yeah, Joe put it really well. <laughs> that was too funny. <laughs> so we have to be we have to be nicer to people, but some people are. Some people, some are, people just, are milking it. Some people, man, just like to complain. They were we're living in a very entitled time as well, mm-hmm. and you know, obviously you see it a bit less with football players. And like, I can only speak for football players because I haven't really played other sports competitively, um, but you're just kind of like you see some people who are just actually just mentally weaker. Mm-hmm. It's not their body. They think it's their body, but they, they're just a bit like more mentally weak. And that's fine. That's fine. It's not, it's not for everybody. Like that's okay. I've played with so many players who had no business playing football. They Big should time. not have been, maybe they should have been focusing on something else, but football was not it. And I've told people to their face, I used to be pretty rude about it. I remember this one guy like, played with him and I straight up told him like look man like you're complaining about running the warm-up laps before practice you shouldn't be here you yo I remember pulling him off to the side like yo make a real decision here because it's, it's September we play like play for a long time it's gonna be like two three practices a week you're gonna have to and it's gonna get a lot harder than the warm-up lap like you're gonna get hit you're gonna have to hit you know the moaners the complainers like it's like bro Everyone complains to a certain degree, but bro, we haven't even done anything yet. You're complaining about stretching, doing dynamic warm-ups before a practice. It's like, you're just no fun to be around. Yeah, that's you're, one you're, of the kind of people that Joe Rogan's talking yeah, about. Bro. Yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah, that's tough. That's tough. So switching lanes a little bit, uh, we're talking about how you didn't really have a team that you cheer for too much in, uh, in the NCAA. Uh, as we can see, there is definitely a team that you cheer for in the NFL. Yeah. So. 
season already started, game one. What were your thoughts on that Chicago versus Packers game? Yo, it was a, it was a, it. It was a defensive game. Yeah. I, I liked watching it. It was fun to see. And it was it was a, an extra element of like crazy for me to see because I was just in Chicago and I was That's just true. beside That's Soldier true. Field. Nice. And I didn't go in, obviously, but like I just the magnitude of it. You got to it, see it, though see it and it actually is a very windy city <laughs> like it's actually they call it that for the re- for a reason and uh but no the game itself um i'm not gonna lie to you i didn't watch every second of it i was kind of doing some podcast editing and watching it in the background uh but aaron Rodgers played decent in the second half uh first half the bears had his number mm-hmm. uh, there were a lot of sacks in that game yeah khalil mack was going off i think he already Wish I had him on my fantasy team, yeah. but uh, no, it's it's great that I always love NFL season. I I love September. It's an exciting time of year because so many like hype things are starting. Everyone's kind of in a hustle and bustle like mood. Uh, football's back. School's back for a lot of people. Uh, and yo, it's just a great time of year. And I'm excited to see the Pats play tomorrow in prime time against the Steelers. Uh, and that should be a fun game because. Steelers are a decent team. Uh, mm-hmm. at the, that's always been a good little not a rivalry, but like semi. Borders on it. Yeah, yeah, like semi. Like these guys don't like each other. No. So, um, yeah, um, I, I remember like I remember so many different Patriots games where like just watching them come back, and I'm looking to see Tom Brady do it one more time. I'm actually going down to watch uh, Pats versus Giants October mm-hmm. 10th nice. in Boston. So I just felt like I have to see the GOAT before he retires or gets hurt, yeah. forcibly retired. Because, I don't know, not to put any bad juju on the guy, knock on wood, <laughs> but I just feel like, what is he, 42? 41, 42. 41 or like 42, that, yeah. bro. Like, it's crazy. It doesn't matter who you are, Tom Brady, what regimen you do, what pliability or what plant-based diet you're eating. One guy hits you, it's over. It, it, father time. Look at Joe Theismann. Yeah, Lawrence Taylor hit him in the knees one time, and that was it. So I just feel like, and I hopefully I get to see him. I don't know if he'll be injured or something then, or yeah. spend it for some other bullshit or something <laughs> like that. But I felt like I had to see the goat, and the, the ticket prices hurt. Yeah, um, I really wanted to see the game October twenty eighth against the Browns. That's yeah. what I really wanted to see in Cleveland or in, in New England. In New England. Okay. Uh, because the Browns are going to be a team this year. Yeah. They're, they're going to be exciting to I'm watch. I'm actually going to watch the Dolphins play the Browns in Cleveland. Ooh. I wish it was in Miami. But yeah. I had, I, in the same boat as you. Sorry to cut you off, but I'm very excited to see what the Browns do. No, so no, you didn't cut me up. That's awesome, bro. Yeah. Like I, I've never been to an NFL game. Or you've been to some exciting ones. I think yeah. we'll talk about one <laughs> in will, particular. But, uh, yo, like it's a vibe. It's an atmosphere. You're part of something. It's, it's like no one can take that away from you that you were at that game. You're always you're gonna tell your kids about that one day. Like you're gonna, like yo, I was at this game and I saw this with my eyes. Yeah. Like, that's it's it's a vibe. How many people like fit in a stadium like an NFL stadium average? If I give you a number, it would be completely. Yeah, no, I was just curious. <laughs> I, I I don't know because yeah, after seeing the Michigan, like I can't yeah, conceptualize. Like 50, 50, 60, 70, that's crazy, 000, but it's comfier because you have like seats and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. But I'm excited. It should be a good vibe, man. And against the Giants too. Who like I personally really hate this team because they stole two super. Bowls two super uh, Six uh, is enough. Yeah. Okay. Six is enough. Uh, Tom Brady had this quote. Uh, I think it was like, um, 
Tom Brady, like, which, what's your favorite Super Bowl? Like, which one, like, is your favorite Super Bowl ring that you have? Best memories? And his answer was legendary. He's like, the next one. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, yeah, man, yeah. And those, those two or, or three, he lost three total. Those three that he lost, I bet those eat at him so much more than the six that he won. Big time. Big and that's time. just the competitor. Like, he could have nine Super Bowl rings. That's ridiculous. Imagine he could kill, like, say what you want about the Patriots and you, yeah, you might say some cheating, this blah, 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 whatever. All that aside, just looking at the competitor that he, Bill Belichick, what they've done, I think that's a modern dynasty. Like, I, is, like I, just watching that, like, he could fill his hand with rings if he wins. Like, that's nuts. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, man, being a Dolphins fan, though, must be rough. It's rough. And just kind of before you move to my yeah. Dolphins, uh, I just want to say a little note of respect. So anyone who knows me well knows that there's nothing I dislike more than the Patriots. Mm-hmm. But in that same breath, as you're saying, you have to you have to give credit where it's due. Yeah. And I'm a person that I like to, even when it's tough to, I like to look at things objectively and think, you know, what is this really? What is this? What's the real? What's the real here? And yeah. the real with the Patriots is that as much as I dislike them, Tom Brady is the best to ever throw the football. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that can be disputed. Maybe two Super, Super Bowls ago, people were saying, I don't know if I put him ahead of Montana. Yeah. Six Super Bowls, he's won how many of the last AFC East championships? Mm-hmm. The last one they lost was when he was injured. Yeah. Like, when him and Belichick are going. So on that note, yeah, Brady is the best to do it. Belichick, I think, is... When he's done, he's going to be looked at as probably probably the best or one of the best to ever coach yeah. and the Patriots this dynasty that they're still on is yeah. going to be looked at if not already as the best dynasty to ever exist in sports mm-hmm. so kudos to you for being a fan I know you've been a fan for a while and yeah yeah not yeah. a bandwagon for sure no no I remember the yeah. first game that I watched that I fell in love with the Patriots and this one of the first football games I ever watched in NFL it was in I think 2005 or 2006 when they lost I believe Oh man, did they lose to the Colts who then went to the in the AFC Championship? Uh, yeah. Okay. They went to the Super Bowl to play the Bears. Yes. Was the Colts Bears? Yes, yes it was. Yeah, yeah. Devin Hester returned. Devin Hester returned. Yeah, so the game before that the Patriots lost mm-hmm. and like just barely. I think it was a field goal or something like that. Yeah, but it's I just, always tight. I just remember watching that like I love this team. And they lost. Mm-hmm. And I knew nothing about their history and Tom Brady and all this. I just remember they lost. And then in 2007, when Randy Moss came. That was a big year. This is when like I became in love with the NFL. And it, people could call me a bandwagon, whatever, because I didn't watch Patriots in 1996, whatever, bro. I, I wasn't fair. born. I, I was born in 95, but whatever. Yeah. People can say whatever they want. It doesn't bother me. But Randy Moss and Tom Brady was the most iconic duo I've ever gotten to witness. Like I watched every game that season. And I just remember Moss just running past everyone. He's like, I want to take the ball deep, take the top off the defense. And that's what he did every time. Yeah. He didn't, he's not sure, he's not going to run a slant or some crazy, like, like crazy. He wasn't the best route runner by any means, but yo, he'll run past you, throw best that hand up, it, yeah. throw that hand up <laughs> in double coverage. Like, yeah. I'm running past both of these guys. Yeah. And I'm going I'm to let them know, and you're going to chuck it up, and I'm going to go over them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and moss you. Like, yeah. bro. I can't uh, imagine being a DB and you might be at the point where he puts his hand up. You might be even with him and seeing him put his hand up 
and you're running as fast as you can go and you're just like <sighs> yeah and then you look again and he's down there and yeah. he's catching the ball for a touchdown it's he scored 23 that season. I think it's still still a record. Yeah. And is. they lost the Super Bowl uh, to the Giants. After so going undefeated, right? After going a 19 or 18 and 0 or something yeah. like that. Pfft, nuts, bro. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, man. Yeah. So you were talking a little bit about how I'm unfortunately a Dolphins fan, but just a little backstory yeah. on that. So I actually, when I started watching football, uh, so you were talking about how you started watching football, and there was Randy Moss, and mm-hmm. they had lost that game against uh, the Colts. So when I started watching football, the first game I ever watched was an Atlanta Falcons game. Ooh. And Michael Vick was there at the time. I believe it was 2002. No, it oh, was oh, early. Oh, it was early. early Vick. And the reason I remember this is because I have my old player cards from playing Tyke Panthers. Nice. And they ask, they have your height, your weight, yeah. uh, your favorite team, and your favorite player. Okay. And I think it was my 2002. Oh, no, it would have been 2004, I think. Yeah, my 2004 player card on the back, it had favorite team, Atlanta Falcons, favorite player, Michael Vick. Yeah. I loved Michael Vick. I had a Me jersey. Too, I'd wear it to school, like, at least I had a big jersey, too. <laughs> so I was a huge Falcons fan. Yeah. And then what happened to Michael Vick? Yeah. Uh, happened to Michael Vick. He got caught dogfighting and uh, went to jail, and I was devastated. Yeah. And so my dad, who's a big Dolphins fan, and he has been for forever, uh-huh. at this point I was like, okay, I need a new team. Recruiting season. <laughs> I need a new team. My dad likes the Dolphins. Yeah. I guess that's my new team. So okay. I believe Mike Vick went to jail in 2007. Okay. Or 2006, maybe. And uh, so that's from that time I've been a huge. I still Dolphins remember fan. that that news story break. I used to watch a lot of NFL Network uh, the summer leading up to every NFL season. Rich Eisen and the guys. I, yeah. I just remember they. And I remember twenty three month sentence. Yeah, seeing the seeing the helicopter flying over his property mm-hmm. and just showing like where Bad it would go cameras, down yeah. and that kind of shit it was like oh. Very ominous. No, but I mean, I'm not defending it in any way. I don't want this to be construed in any way. But I think a lot more people dogfight than you think. Definitely, especially in like southern U.S. and stuff. But I I don't know enough about that culture. It's just like I'm not saying like he was the poster boy of it. You know, he was the. I bet a lot of other NFL players were doing it too, and they're just like, yo, close down the (laughs) op. And one of the very very uh one of the very like powerful things that i've seen said by michael vick about that whole ordeal in like recent history so he sat down with his head coach at the time or wasn't his head coach then but at the time of the incident uh jim mara i think his name is from the falcons and they sat down and they were talking and i think jim had asked him at one point he said what could i have done to help you and like prevent you from going down that path like because i feel when I think back on it, I feel responsible. And Mike looked at him and he said, Jim, like, there's nothing you could have done. There's nothing you could have done. Me getting caught and going to prison was the best thing for me because otherwise I would have never changed. Because mm. I think Mike Vick, his whole life was kind of untouchable on the football field and off the football field. Yeah. He just kind of was, was able to get away with whatever he wanted to do. And I think it's a really great redemption story that he went to jail, for those who don't know, got out of jail, served his time. And then uh, was picked up by the Philadelphia Eagles. Had a pretty 
okay career there, bounced around a little bit. But, Became uh, an animal rights uh, almost activist, not yeah. activist. I wouldn't say like that far, but he he contributed a lot to a lot of the campaigns, and and I don't know if it was just money. I think it was a lot more than just money. Yeah, but yeah. He really turned it around. Big that was a catalyzing moment in his life, right? Very important. I like the way you said that because yeah. it's like she would have just kept doing it. Yeah. yeah. You sometimes you need interventions. Big time. And that was a big intervention for him. Yeah. So when that happened, as I said, kind of jump ship to the to the pay, that not the Patriots, never the Patriots, <laughs> to the Dolphins. We welcome you aboard, fam. <laughs> <laughs> so as you we were kind of mentioning uh, yeah. that we'd get into, um, I was at the Miami Miracle, which oh, happened yeah. this past season. Uh-huh. Uh, me and my dad, I kind of surprised and bought him tickets. I said, hey, we're going to South Beach. We're going to watch the Dolphins play Patriots must be a vibe down there too it's nice it was and hot awesome. we stayed Ooh. with family and uh, yeah. it was just a great trip yeah. and the reason we kind of picked that week was the pa- the Patriots never really play well in South Beach I no, think out of don't. the past five years the Dolphins have won four out of five even though all of those years the Patriots are the better team by far they're, they're used to that cold weather exactly <laughs> so they Tom Brady for whatever reason just can't get it done in South Beach so I'm like you know what how cool would it be if I can go with my dad, who made me a Dolphins fan, we go down to South Beach and we watch the Dolphins beat the Patriots. That's How a great awesome story. would that be? Uh-huh. And lo and behold, we go. Great game all the way through, back and forth. Dolphins are up. Patriots come back and take the lead, as Tom Brady so often does. Then the Dolphins take the lead back. And then near the end, uh, I believe Steven Gostowski hit a field goal, a short field goal to make it a five-point lead. Uh-huh. And I looked at my dad and I was very discouraged. I think there was 13 seconds left. And I was like, do you want to just go now? Like this 13 <laughs> seconds, we'll, we could go to the car now. We'll beat a little bit of the traffic from the people who are staying like to the very end. And my dad looked at me and he said, no, no, no. You paid good money for our tickets. We're going to stay just in case. I'm like, all right. Sitting down. <laughs> kickoff happens. And I think there might have even been a penalty on the kickoff where something kind of bad happened on the kickoff. And then one play left. Miami miracle happens. <sighs> Jumping up and down. So you're talking about that atmosphere at Michigan. Well, well let's talk about that play first. Yeah. First of all, like sure. it, it wasn't just a hail mary pass, like in the end zone. It was, it was like, uh, it was a long pass, maybe like 35, 40 yards, and then I forgot Kenyon. It was short, actually. It was it was a 15 yard pass yeah. to Kenny Stills. Oh, Kenny Stills. And then Kenny Stills lateraled the ball underneath to Defonte Parker. That was like kind of a hook and ladder. Yeah. And then from there, Devontae Parker lateraled it to Kenny Kenyon Drake, yeah. and he did the rest for 50-plus yards. Madness. Yeah. And Gronk was back there. Which was a yeah. big mistake. Huge yeah. mistake, because Gronk was back there to kind of, like I guess, prevent any, any Hail, Hail Mary and bat it down. But you watched the play. He wasn't even running. Yeah. He was just like, all right, it's done. Yeah. They're going to tackle him. And it's one of those things. You get caught in football sometimes mm-hmm. sleeping. You, yeah. Thinking the next man's gonna do his job, exactly. you don't go hundred percent. Next thing you know, he's running after him, stumbling. Yeah, beautiful play. I can uh, even as a massive <laughs> Patriots fan, I was like, okay, like this sucks. Like obviously it hurt in the moment, but I'm like, okay, like that was fantastic. Like, it was. That's yeah. like one of those. I love. I love when it comes down to the wire. Yeah, you gotta respect that as a football fan. And the Patriots are a team who. They, for those who don't know, they don't make a lot of mistakes. They're very sound. They're well-coached. They're, they're always on the ball. And I think to put Gronkowski in at safety, uh, when the Dolphins were not in the range to throw the ball all the way to the end zone, I think that's a big mistake that the Patriots made. And any time that 
a team that good makes a mistake, you have to kind of capitalize off it. Yeah. Otherwise, you're not going to win the game. Yeah, and, well, yeah. we didn't have Matt Patricia anymore. It was like That's literally true. a rocket scientist, um, defensive um, defensive coach there, coordinator. and But end result... I mean, a hey, <laughs> bigger yeah, picture, exactly, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, that's, the, that's the thing I love about this team. It's like, I almost like it when the Patriots lose a few games. Like, because then, Cause then, I don't know what happens. Up. I don't know what happens. It just, I feel like Brady just goes in a dark shed, like just a dark room, and just like screams, just rages, just goes off and I'd breaks I'd like to shit. know what he does when he I does actually this. do want to know because apparently he's like, we all know he's super passionate, but he gets mad. Like, his wife can't be around him. He doesn't really need to be around his kids and stuff. Obviously, he's mellowed out a lot, but he's... He's a competitor. He's yeah. competitive. I watched this like little documentary about him, and this guy just watches game film. That's all he does. Like, he go at home, in the off-season. Fucking, what are you watching game film? <laughs> Studying concepts and stuff on this shitty little Dell laptop. Just like with a little remote, just yeah. rewinding forward, rewinding forward. Like, but oh, this guy's a machine, field. bro. Yeah. It doesn't stop. Yeah. Anyways, man, I hope we're not going over time or anything. No, I can no. talk football so, all day, you know? It's all good, it's all good man. <laughs> yeah. So actually, on that note, I was going to ask you my final question yeah. uh, before we wrap this up. So we're talking a lot about the NFL. So what are your kind of expectations and your outlook on this upcoming season for your team and in general? Uh, Patriots going to go 12-4 and four and win the Super Bowl again. I hope not. I hope not. Yeah, that's it. I'm not a big predictions guy because no. sports, I don't think it's very worth um, predicting. There's a lot of people being paid a lot of money to put out these predictions. And to me, it's like it's like talking about the current weather. Like yeah, just, exactly. Uh, nothing's going to change, mm -hmm. with my opinion. Exactly. But yeah, it's a good question, but I, I wish I could give you more than that. I oh, think okay. they're going to go 12 and 4. Uh, it's not. It's it might be a rocky season. They have a high powered looking offense. Very Jeff Gordon's reinstated. Josh. Oh, Josh. Sorry, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jeff. Uh, I went NASCAR. On <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, Josh Gordon. Um, you know, you have uh, you have a lot of good athletes. Uh, defense hasn't changed much from last year, so should be good, man. Should be good. Like nice. sh they're always a force to be reckoned with. We're definitely gonna beat Miami, so that's no problem. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Week two, week two, they play yeah. in Miami, yeah. so that's the. And when they play in Foxborough, I kind of write that game off. <laughs> yeah, Especially yeah. this year, we're not looking great. Yeah. What about you? What do you think? Um, in terms of who will take it all, it's it's tough to say. There's a lot of teams that have gotten a lot better. Uh, I'm excited for Houston. Yeah, that's kind of like if I were to have to say a secondary team. Mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of DeAndre Hopkins. Big fan of Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm kind of passionate about the the Houston Texans also. Yeah. I don't know if they have Super Bowl push power in them. I don't know who's, uh, it, who's their quarterback again. Deshaun Watson. Oh, Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you want good? Yeah, yeah. He's actually he's decent. He's I like good. I like his style, man. Yeah. I like his style of play. Um, yeah, no, we'll see what happens, bro. NFL season's always a surprise. It's yeah. never really how you think it's gonna go. Yeah. Like a random team that'll come out like just like You what? never know. Like what? I didn't think the Chiefs would be as good as they were last year, man. They were Mahomes nasty. really Mahomes Mahomes took nasty. Off, yeah. So, anyways. And last thing, last thing, sorry. Yeah. It's, it's a pretty big thing and we forgot to talk. Or no, I forgot to bring all it up. All good, bro. I could sit here all day. Podcasting <laughs> is just talking, right? Exactly. At the end of the no day. Scripts, no, no scripts. No time restrictions. Oh, yeah. So, one last thing. Uh, the Antonio Brown saga. Oh, yes. The ABs. So, you're a Patriots fan. Uh-huh. And... Just kind of a hypothetical situation because in the past we've seen the Patriots pick up players like Josh Gordon who 
could not stay off the weed or stay off the weed, yes, as Stephen A. Smith would say. <laughs> uh, they picked up players like Dante Stallworth in the past, who uh-huh. also had some trouble. Chocinco. They picked up some troubled players. Yeah. Uh, they're almost looked at kind of like as a last chance U of the NFL. Yeah. Do you think, could you see them taking a chance on AB now think, that he's been released? I think, and this is uh, going with uh, uh, Pat uh, McAfee. McAfee's yeah. uh, little podcast that yeah, he has going. And I think, and I, I thought this before I saw that, and that just reinforced it. I think it's been his long game the whole time. You think so? Not the whole time. He wanted to make it work in uh, down in uh, Oakland, and you know, obviously, whatever happened happened, and he's doing this shit like he knows what he's doing. He's a, he's a smart guy. Some people have been saying maybe he, some CTE is CTE? playing a part in his decision. I don't think making. so. I think he's think so? actually a very intelligent person. I've followed him a lot in the off season. He works his ass off. He trains his ass off. He's a family man. I think he's a little bit more calculated than people give him credit for. He didn't see things in Oakland panning out the way he did. He has a massive ego, as he should. He's the best receiver in the NFL currently. Um, him and Julio. I like Julio a lot. Not but Oh, I like I like D Hop a lot, bro. Mike Thomas doesn't get mentioned enough either. But anyways, they're all nasty players. Yeah. I hate these rankings because, but but I just know that AB separated from the pack. There's a, if there's one guy I want on my team, uh, off the field issues aside, like bro, this guy was so nasty for the Steelers. Just he would just tell Big Ben, times. just throw that shit up. I will get it. Amazing route runner. Works harder than every person. All this noise, people love to. Just talk about a player. Watch the redemption story. I think the Pats will pick him up. I actually think so. Or someone. Yeah. Someone out there will pick him up. He's too talented. Like It's a, it's one of those redemption stories. Yeah. He's too talented to ignore. Uh, everyone's going to be going crazy right now because he just got released. and he's He's been acting ridiculous. Yeah. I, I'm not excusing his behavior in any way, but it's sports it's entertainment at the end of the day I'm looking at what he can do on the field I don't care about this cryotherapy yeah. I don't care about all this cussing out the GM it's all dumb but I just care about what he's going to do on the football field damage he's not yeah, damaged goods sure. he's going to do damage and whoever picks him up for cheap because he fucked himself money wise big time money 29 million down yeah he fucked himself when it comes to money he's going to get a chip I, I, it's gonna happen, bro. For his it, sake, I honestly, even though I don't like the Patriots, yeah. I think it, that'd be the best situation for him. Yeah, and I think I hope he goes there. Me too, bro. It'd be it'd be nuts. Uh, that receiving core would would kill Harry, Harry, fucking yeah, all these Josh guys. Gordon. Oh my God, Edelman. He, he hasn't <laughs> gone. You yeah. can't forget about Edelman. Yeah, we lost Gronk. Uh, I have a theory about that. I think Gronk's gonna be back. Like a Jason Witten type. Of yeah, he's just taken a bit. He's been so injured for like five years. He's taking a little break and he's going to come back. Maybe not for the Patriots. Awesome. Maybe not. It might be another team. That'd be weird to see him. It'd be weird Jason. to see him. But yo, imagine him on Green Bay. Him and uh, they'd have the, their own double-headed Jimmy, uh, monster with Jimmy, Jimmy G. Graham. Graham. Yeah. NFL, bro, it's a, the white man with the money sitting up top. <laughs> He'll he'll throw he'll throw the money at it and he'll make it happen. Yeah, yeah, big time, big time. All right, man. So thank you for coming on. Bro, I thank really you for having it. me, bro. I, I had a lot of really fun. fun. Sick so time. from the Triple S podcast, I'm here with Deepak Sharma. Thank you guys for tuning in, and uh, we'll be back again soon with a lot more for you guys. So take care. Thank you.
Yeah. This be a life, no gimmick.